Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hey, Patrick. Good, Jeff. How are you? I am okay. (laughs) We are... We are... uh, currently waiting on a uh, currently waiting on a um, person to come out check our hot water heater which pretty much is going to have to get replaced buddy of mine who has a cousin uh, that does landscaping came out and trimmed some trees on our house yesterday and got trees basically off the house literally or at least some limbs off the house so that's been kind of a source of anxiety as we've had many a severe thunderstorm in the past few weeks so i was glad to get that done yeah uh other than that um yeah everything's going well so so you good yeah i'm pretty good um the daughter didn't come this weekend because they were testing out their pool and then oh. the people the people who helped get their pool set up they messed something up so they had to they didn't get a chance to do that because water kept leaking out and, oh, bummer. and the people that we're working on it. We're already working on somebody else's pool, so they didn't get to come out. So, so yeah, it's not good. Yeah, nah. Um, got my oil changed Saturday. Did a little, you know, little storm run, and that's about it. Even though it was sunny yesterday, I didn't go anywhere like I planned on it. So I'm kind of bummed at myself for not doing that. But it's pretty relaxing. Just okay. kept, you know, kept it simple. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, just real quick, I don't want to get too much into it because there's so many spoilers this week, but Falcon and Winter Soldier. Wow. Yes. <laughs> you know, with all the memes I, I keep seeing, basically how Sam was talking about how he's not, um, how he's not, uh, it's amazing that really Sam really is ready. He proved in this episode how much him and Steve have in common whether yeah. he realizes it or not. Yeah. And, you know, he's, I mean, he's ready. Yeah. And then last scene in the episode was such a holy crap moment. And yeah. you're like, oh, somebody's ready. Somebody's getting ready to don a black uniform, he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> the next episode. And it was, but yeah, it's, it, it looks great. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's turning out great. Yeah. And since Sam gave up, the shield and all that it's basically been seeing the contrast between the two you know you see how different john walker is sam and you see now why uh steve chose sam and why he would never have probably chosen john walker right or well even still because you you as much as i wanted you know bucky to get it yeah steve could steve knew that he had so much that he need so much stuff he needed to work through personally, yeah. and yeah. to not become Winter Soldier anymore, and yeah, it's you know it's uh you can see, it's just funny how much forethought he had ahead yeah. of time. Yeah, like nah, he's still got some stuff for you know that he needs to go through, but hey, you know Sam's ready. So he yeah. he deserves it. So yeah. he could uh, maybe he could see the in, the oncoming storm yeah. that was about to happen. You know, and it calls back to the first Captain America, where the scientist told him that you know Steve, you're a good man, and yes. you know basically this serum enhances what's already there. So right, anybody that's not completely you know, not necessarily bad, but just can, it's teetering on the edge. Right. It'll just push them over. Rather, as someone that's good, it just enhances that. Well, not only that, if you think about it, the difference between Steve and John Walker is that Steve was still in basic training, more or less. Yeah. And Or had just completed basic training. And then, whereas John Walker's been, you know, a decorated soldier for years, so he's been through and seen a lot more. So his That's his uh, view, his worldview of things is different. So he could still be a good person, 
but because he's seen so much and been through a lot, his perception is different than Steve's. Whereas when Steve went in, you know, took the serum and went in there, even though he's still a good person, he hadn't been through that and experienced all of that. Yeah. So and then, I think that's kind of the slight, you know, kind of the main difference between the two so far, you know. Yeah. And and then, you know, that event that pushed him over. I mean, yeah. anybody in that situation. Probably. That's, that's that same reaction, you know. Yeah. It, that's just, you know, because, yeah, it, that's, that's that, just, that, that breaking point, basically. That's his breaking point. Yeah. And I don't, you know, and I don't, uh, I don't, uh fault him for how he reacted but it, but at the same time it yeah probably no. should have done a better outlet i guess yeah. and but then you got I, this it, it proved the title the world is watching so it's like yeah always <laughs> always big brother and it's always watching whether it's through government, <laughs> whether it's the government or whether it's somebody with a cell phone. True. So. That's that's what I'm interested yeah, in seeing. Seasons fall out. Yeah, seasons turning out really well, so <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm also watching another series on on uh, HBO Max called Made for Love. It stars uh, Christina. Uh, I'm gonna screw up the last name it was the uh, female lead from palm springs is in it um okay and uh billy magnuson who was in kristen miliotti there we go uh and billy magnuson who if you watched uh game night he was kind of the douchey guy like the frat guy He, he looked like the frat your typical frat dude um he uh he plays basically this, basically like a Bill Gates or, or Steve Jobs type of person. Owns a big tech company and has created all the stuff. But he's created this chip where if you and your love, your significant other decide to get this chip, you guys can essentially read each other's minds. You don't know what the other is always thinking. Okay. So basically... Uh, so his wife gets implanted with this chip without her knowledge or consent. It then is revealed that that uh, is then later revealed that she has been had this done and she freaks out and you know is trying and realizes you know how badly she needs to get away from her husband. So she basically is escaping and it's about him trying to get her back and him not understanding why she's, you know, why she's running away, you know, because yeah. he doesn't really know how to connect with people. He lives in this, in this house, which is more like a, not a fortress, but it's a, it's a compound almost of sorts, but it's like a futuristic one, not like a compound. Like we would think like a, you know, um, but basically everything's enclosed and so even when they go out to the backyard it's all enclosed kind of like in kong how they had kong in that habitat yeah it's basically that (laughs) but this and he hasn't left the house in i forgot five years or something like that five or ten years something weird so they hadn't left there and you know because they can always change the viewing to whatever they want it to be so she finally escapes and is, he's trying to get her back. Ray Romano plays her dad. It's a comedy with social commentary with it. So like his, basically his wife passes away. So she, he has like a mannequin as his okay. to replace her, you know, just to, you know, so he, there's a lot going on. It's four episodes and they're only 30 minutes long. It's kind of, it's got humorous parts, not like laugh out loud, but you know, just you kind of chuckle a little bit or kind of grin. Um, but it's more kind of sci-fi in nature from that uh, aspect. I mean, it's not bad. I'm enjoying it. So, um, but yeah, that's what we got going. That's what I've been watching at least, other than trying to get through these, these movies here. 
Yeah. I've I made the comment uh in a I was texting uh my family that I've been listening to audiobooks and reading movies <laughs> this week. And I found that to be humorous. Yeah. That's I mean that's literally what I've been doing. I've been listening to audio to an audiobook because I don't have time to sit and read. Yeah. And I've been having to read movies because <laughs> all the movies I'm watching are subtitled. Um so so before I get into those, um, first what I want to talk about is, you know, movie Grayson and I watched for our kind of a family movie night. Um, the Secret Society of Second Born Royals came out last year. It's at an hour and 39 minutes long. You can find it on Disney+. Plus. This is a very Disney movie, Disney TV movie that they would put on the Disney Channel or something, but now they get to release it on Disney+. Plus. Um, basically follows Sam's adventures of a, at a top secret training program for a new class of second born royals tasked with saving the world, which is like the most simplistic way to describe the movie. Basically, Sam is obviously the second of uh, second daughter. First daughter is in line to be queen. At coronation, the mom is played by um, uh, Elodie Young, who played uh, who played Electra in the Daredevil series. So okay. I was like, I recognize her from somewhere. Uh, Skylar Aston's also in it, and he's in the pitch. Per- he plays Jesse in the uh, Pitch Perfect movies. If you watch, if anybody watched those, uh, Sam is played by Peyton Elizabeth Lee. Who was in, uh, is it Allie Mac or Andy? I can remember. Andy Mac, that's what it is. Uh, a Disney show. So your kids probably watched that uh, a couple years back. And the movie was directed by Anna Mastro, who, uh, known for The Bold Type and Unreal. Uh, she's also directed, you know, a couple episodes of Shameless and The Rookie. LA finest into you know, it's basically into the in the dark and some other TV stuff. This movie's cute. It's great for like tweens um, okay. or even younger because Grace she really enjoyed it. It's the plot's very simple. Basically, these second born this group of second born royals get together. They all have some sort of superpower of some kind that turns out to be some sort of genetic royal thing that occurs an anomaly if you will uh and so they use that to help fight evil you know uh the villain is basically just trying to stop the new queen from becoming queen because he too as you know is later found out is also a second born royal and never got the chance to be you know king or anything like that so he's out to thwart this hat from happening very simplistic plot uh it's definitely not i mean it's made for for kids it's it's cute the effects aren't bad uh acting is very disney um yeah much like say like the descendants movies that i've been subjected to watching (laughs) multiple times it's very in that vein of descendants and like zombies and stuff uh, and those sort of Disney movies, but without the music, there's no musical numbers in this one. It's straight okay. treated like a superhero, you know, uh, movie, except they're just, the, you know, they have power second born royalty of, from some, you know, some, from different made up countries. So, and, uh, yeah, I mean, overall it's a simple premise. It's cute. Uh, it's a great movie for kids. So if you guys are trying to find something to watch with your kids or have or something new for your kids to watch and they haven't seen this already, um, again, sec- Secret Society of Second Born Royals on Disney+. Plus. Um, yeah, it's super cute. I mean, I didn't mind it. Let's put it that way. I, wouldn't, I didn't feel like, God, I can't, I can't wait for this to be over. I thought it was cute. I, thought, yeah. I was kind of curious to see how it was going to go along. I can easily see them making another one of these. Kind of like how they do with the Descendants and Zombies movies. I could see them making another one of these without, I mean, because 
you know, you've already set up the character, so it's all about the action unless they come up with, you know, incorporate new characters in it. Yeah. Uh, so that's my first one, and I'll go ahead and let you go. All right. So I guess I'll stick with the, um, I guess, family movie theme. Even though I, I watched this by myself, I just kind of came across it on Netflix, and, you know, so I decided to check it out. Uh, it's called Thunder Force. That's the one we were uh, supposed to watch Friday night. <laughs> yeah. So I'll try not to spoil too much. <laughs> but um, came out April 9th, 2021. And again, it's on Netflix. Uh, the runtime is an hour and 46 minutes. And the director is Ben Falcone. And of oh, course, yeah. yeah. So, Melissa McCarthy. Yep, so it's starring Melissa McCarthy, uh, Octavia Spencer, uh, Bobby Cannavale, <clears throat> Uh, Palm Clementif, Kevin Dunn, Jason Bateman, uh, Melissa Lee, and Taylor Mosby. Uh, So basically, it's about two childhood friends who reunite to become superheroes to take on supervillains called the Miscreants. Um, So it starts off, kind of shows you how, it gives you a backstory about something that happens that causes certain people to become superpowered. Um, but in this, a lot of villains called miscreants were created. And so you have these scientists who are trying to create a way to make humans, superhuman, fight against them. But, you know, they pass. They they get caught in a, they get caught in a, an event that, that you know, they, they don't survive. And the daughter of these parents, you know, she's kind of motivated to try to get through school get in a position to be able to finish their research so she can make herself uh, a superhero. Uh, she meets, she meets uh, Lydia. Uh, the daughter is Emily. Uh, she meets Lydia in school who help, who kind of stands up for her because she's getting bullied and they become best friends all the way up until college where Lydia causes um, Emily to be late for her tests. And so they kind of have a falling out from that point. Yeah. Years later, get your high school reunion and, you know, Lydia, she's working for a barge company where she's stacking freights and whatnot. And Emily's become what she set out to be, a scientist. She's got a, they're in Chicago. So she, she's setting up her company there. And so Emily's trying to get Lydia to come to their family, to their school reunion. And when she re- reunites with her, you know, of course, it's not completely warm because they kind of had a kind of heated heated thing before they parted ways right and so you know emily tells lydia about her completing her parents work um something happens when she has to leave the room so she tells her not to touch anything gotcha. and of course it's melissa mccarthy so she's got to touch something <laughs> right yeah and um she stumbles upon just pushing everything. She sits in a, lays in a, ter- a chair, kind of like a dentist chair. And she's injected with the serum that gives her super strength. Of course, this, this, this is disappointing and angers Emily because that was her plan to give herself strength and invisibility. But now that Lydia has the strength, uh, she has to go through different tests and different, like 33 injections. And these are not like simple a needle shot to the arm. This is like maybe like six or seven needles at one time in your face. Yeah. Very painful. And so, you know, you get like a nice little montage of her training and getting used to her powers. And on the opposite side, Lydia, I mean, not Lydia, Emily, the only thing she has to do is take pills to get her powers. So it's less, less, you know, it's not as bad of a situation. But Basically, they come together, combine their forces, and start taking taking on miscreants. So, I mean, it's kind of a predictable story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your kids will like it. I'm not sure how you'll feel about it. <laughs> you know, it might be, I don't know. Like, if, like, to me, I'm like, okay, if you're a fan of Melissa McCarthy, I think she's got some better work. Yeah. Octavia Spencer, pretty much the same. Like, you got a decent cast, but it's just, you know... Could have been written better. 
it's a good premise, you know. I mean, who wouldn't want to have superpowers to take oh, on yeah. super villains, you know, to save your world and your city and, you know. Um, but, I mean, I laughed a little more than I normally would during Melissa McCarthy movies. Yeah. But I think the, 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 the most I laughed was the movie she was just uh, supporting part of was uh, Bridesmaids. Like, I guess oh. the most I've ever laughed from something she's done in the movie. But um, I don't know. I mean, it is definitely a kids' movie, even though it's yeah. PG thirteen. It's geared more towards the younger crowd, okay. so they may enjoy it. But it was kind of hard <laughs> to watch. Gotcha. It was a little, it was a little. I wouldn't say cringy, but I mean, it was some cute moments, some funny moments. It's just, but overall, some, some of its parts, yeah, no, yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll probably try it again this week and see what happens. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So the next one I watched. Uh, one of the first movies I read <laughs> uh, was The Mole Agent, which is on Hulu. Uh, it's a nominated for Best Documentary Feature uh, for the Academy Awards. Came out last year. It's not rated. It's an hour and 24 minutes long. Uh, it's about a private investigator in Chile uh, that hires someone to work as a mole at a retirement home where a client of his su- of his suspects the caretakers of elder abuse. It's very I, I enjoyed this movie. It it it's very cute and because you you absolutely fall in love with the main character, uh, Sergio uh, Chime, uh, mm-hmm. who's he's 83 years old when they recorded when they filmed this, and you know he basically at the mo- at the beginning of the movie it's the private investigator auditioning more or less and interviewing uh, potential people to be moles. And he was the one that, that I guess won because his wife had passed, uh, I think the year before, and he was happy to get out of the house because every time he goes home, he's just reminded of his, you know, of his uh, late wife. And so all of his family and everything has been grown and have their own families and kids and everything so this will give him something more or less something to do you know and get him out of the house give him something to do but he has to be embedded at a nursing home i think for three months i think is is what they had proposed Uh, so in that he has to record document but not let anybody on that he's doing basically an internal investigation of sorts and uh the director is uh, Mayet Alberti, A-L-B-E-R-D-I. She also wrote it. There are parts at the beginning before he goes into the nursing home that seem a little, not scripted, but the staged, not your typical documentary where you just follow, like the camera's just not, yeah. it's omniscient, I guess, and just not a character, but at like they did a few different camera tricks to that looked a little staged, um, which is fine. It doesn't really take you away from it. It doesn't make it any less a documentary. The private investigators having to uh, Romulo uh, Aitken uh, is having to teach Sergio how to use technology, like how mm-hmm. to use FaceTime, how to use send recorded messages on WhatsApp and have, you know, and how to do basically use this technology. And it's that part's kind of funny uh, watching the two of them try and teach each other how to do that. And then, um, you know, he has to, it's about when he gets like, once he gets to the nursing home, he has these like these glasses that have a camp built in camera. He has a pen with a built in camera like all kinds of James Bond gadgety stuff uh, yeah. to help record what's going on. And he takes notes uh, so he can give his report at the end of each day. He becomes, uh, you know, once he's embedded in, in the nursing home, he becomes friends with a lot of the pe- with a lot of the residents to, until he finds out, until he finds, um, until he finds the per his, you know, the person he's supposed to be keeping an eye on. But he's not supposed to be overtly trying to ask questions and stuff like that. He's supposed to just kind of observe, yeah, um, and then report back. But 
because of his personality, he's very friendly and outgoing and talking to people and becoming friends and helping them do certain things. One of the one of the residents at the home, you know, ends up falling in love with them. And, you know, he he does a good there's a great scene where he has to talk to her about basically, you know, uh, I do care for you. However, you know, I can't be with you because I'm still grieving the loss of my wife. And but I think of you dearly and, you know, still want to be friends. And, you know, I don't I just don't plan. I don't I don't see myself thinking of anybody else that way because they've been married for so many, you know, for such a long time. Yeah. So that was kind of that kind of, you know, that was a real touching scene. And there are some other really touching scenes. Um, it is it can be there are comedic times in the movie. Um and there's a couple of, you know, moments where you kind of, you know, it's very heartfelt and very touching film. And I I mean, I enjoyed it. I don't think it's going to be for everybody. Um, yeah. So it, it's, but it, it, it is a touching film. I, I, I really enjoyed watching it. I don't, I could kind of see why I got nominated, but, you know, it's, it's all right. I mean, it's, it was enjoyable. So yeah, uh, that's the mole agent. It's on Hulu. If you decide you would like to watch watch the movie, it it is subtitled. You may have to turn your subtitles on though, because it may not <laughs> automatically pop on. You just have to go under okay. set subtitles. So um, my next one <clears throat> it's going to be a bit short because it it itself is a short, and I believe it was it's nominated. Mm-hmm. For nom for Oscar, um, two distant strangers, which actually came out uh, November twentieth of twenty twenty. It's twenty nine minutes long, so like short. <laughs> yeah. Uh, directed by Trayvon Free and Martin Desmond Rowe. Stars uh, Joey Badass. I'm guessing it's either his stage, you know, his stage name. Obviously, I just don't, yeah. I don't know if he's a if he's a music musician, an artist. Or comedian, uh, he plays Carter James. You have um, Andrew Howard, who plays Merck, uh, NYPD officer, and Zaria Simone, who plays Perry, uh, Carter's date. So uh, he he is an he is a musician according okay. to iTunes. <laughs> according to iTunes, he's a musician. All right. Um. So the trailer for this pretty much tells you everything this is about. This is this is probably like the worst time loop you could be caught in so it's a time loop short um and basically carter has a date the previous night with perry and you know they hook up and so they wake up the next morning you see their interaction you know she's wanting to go to a restaurant later in the day but you know carter's got to get home to his dog and he's got like one of those cameras set up where you can give him treats and he calls him Tells him he's on the way and gives him tons of treats. You know, he basically, this is his goal. He's just trying to get home to his dog because he loves his dog. But when he goes out, you know, he lights up a cigarette, not paying attention. He bumps into a guy walking by with a drink and knocks a drink onto his shirt. Dude kind of gets mad. Dude kind of gets upset. And um, let's see. And a cop walks up and is like, is everything good? Y'all all right? And he starts... I guess investigating Carter and you know questions whether or not he's smoking a cigarette and you know Carter's like yes a cigarette doesn't smell like one um when he was pulling out a cigarette he dropped off dropped a roll of money and the cop makes brings that to his attention and he just proceeds to push him up against the wall and start to arrest him handcuff him and everything and then Two other cops run up and just immediately start taking them down. And then we have a situation kind of like with. Um, so uh, two other cops roll up, take them to the ground. Then we have another situation like with George Floyd and everything that's been going on with police. They basically choke him out and he wakes up back in bed with the girl, Perry. And he's freaked out by it. Well, first, when he wakes up, 
you know, he just, he's not really, he thought it was a bad dream, like a nightmare. And then some things start happening between his conversation with Perry that he started to remember, like, okay, this already happened before. It's just too familiar. And so when he goes back outside, goes through the same motion, pulls out a cigarette, um, you know, as he's about to turn around, he avoids bumping into the guy, even compliments him on his shirt. And this time, the same cop rolls up, asking whether or not everything is okay, and then again proceeds to arrest him, puts him up against the wall. The only difference is this time, they get down on the ground, Carter gets the advantage, and he kind of just pulls away, but the cop starts saying, oh, you're going for my gun, pulls his gun out and shoots him, and then again, Carter wakes up. And just kind of like, okay, what what's going on? And then we have kind of a montage of... Carter experiencing pretty much the same thing over and over again, but each time is different. You know, like as soon as he walks out, sometimes the cop is on him. Uh, he tries taking off running. Uh, he gets taken down again, choked out or shot. So it's a montage of him either being shot by this one cop or getting away from the cop. And then two, you no, know, two different cops takes him out. Even there's a point where he actually gets away and these two guys just happen to be running from the cops and they pull up on him thinking that he's with them and shoots him down again. And so, of course, he's he's upset. He's frustrated. He even tells his, the girl about what's going on. And he even gets an idea instead of going out, let's have breakfast. We'll cook breakfast, stay in the house and just chill. And then he's got SWAT busting through the door and gets shot. And it's just it's just the worst time loop that you could be a part of. But it's. It's one of those, th if you watch it, even though it's only 29 minutes, you'll probably need a palate cleanser. So I'm kind of wishing I'd watched Thunder Force after this, even though it's not that great. Uh, but it would have been a good palate cleanser after watching this because it's kind of got some some trigger trigger things that, you know, will trigger some people from watching it. Um, but it does have an interesting way that it ends. Uh, it's a good conversation or dialogue between Carter and the police officer. Because this girl, the girl Perry, actually suggests, why don't you try talking to him? He does that, and it's good interaction between those two. They learn, and you know, you think things are going great, but you know, I'll leave it at that. It's definitely worth checking out. Just have you something to give you a nice palate cleanser afterwards. Um, my last movie I checked out is uh, Freaky. Uh, it came out November thirteenth, twenty twenty. It's an hour and 42 minute runtime, and the director is Christopher Landon. This movie's starting, starring Vince Vaughn, uh, Catherine Newton, Katie Finneran, Celeste O'Connor, Misha Osh Oshrovich, and Alan Ruck, <clears throat> which you may recognize from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, this movie, don't get to talk about it much, but this movie did have a budget of $5 million. And it had a worldwide gross of 15.9 million. Uh, this is basically about <clears throat> the movie is after swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer, a young girl in high school discovers she <clears throat> she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent. Uh, so we're following uh, Catherine Newton's Millie, who lives with her mom and her sister, and. A year ago, her father passed away, so she's still dealing with that, depressed, and just not herself. And her mom, as a result of losing her husband, she's kind of become clingy to her daughter, who's just basically trying to control her life. Um, her sister's a police officer for the town, and, you know, she's pretty much doing her own thing. But Millie and her mom, they're, they're really close. Uh, but it starts off with the murder of two teen couples. And this is pretty much like your typical horror movie. They're having their slumber party, drinking alcohol, which they shouldn't be doing. Happen to be talking about this serial killer that's, you know, going around killing people that I think a year ago had killed people during their, um, it was either a prom or it was a similar situation like we have in this movie. But of course, they get separated and then the serial killer takes them out. Um, after that, he steals this mystical knife that's glowing once he comes across it and then we're fast forward to the 11th it's a thursday no it's a wednesday the 11th 
and we see Millie again with her with her mom and sister. And then in high school, she gets picked on by the kids, even gets picked on by the teacher, which is pretty sad. Um, there's no no kind of encouragement from him. So they're getting ready for their homecoming. And her plans are to be with her mom to go see a show. But, you know, her friends are like, you know, you need to, you know, why are you going to do that? Why are you going to be with your mom? You know, your mom's so overbearing and whatnot. Right. But um, but you, you just see that she's really kind of just going through stuff. Dad's dead. Yeah. Teachers are, you know, nobody's really on her side except her two friends, uh, Nyla right. and Josh. So she's the mascot for the school. And there's a football game. And. She even gets picked on with that. Somebody throws orange soda on her. Like, she's just not having it good at all. So after that's over, you know, friends ask her if they want to give her, if she wants them to give her a ride home. She insists her mom's coming to pick her up. Um, mom doesn't show up. Uh, she thinks everybody, you know, there's a lot of people around, so she'll be okay. But everybody's gone. She's stuck sitting on the bench. She tries calling her mom. Her mom doesn't answer because she's passed out, drunk on the couch. <laughs> And it just so happens her phone goes dead when her sister calls. And um, and when she looks up, boom, you got the, the butcher standing in front of her. And, of course, she's hoping that's not the butcher. But, you know, he's, he's wearing a mask, standing menacingly like Jason and Michael Myers starts walking towards her. Um, yeah. Of course, you have your chase. He eventually catches up to her, takes the knife, stabs her in the shoulder. But at the same time he stabs her, he gets injured as well in the same shoulder right. that he stabs her. And it happens to be midnight. I mean, it's a full moon. It's a full moon. Um, her sister, who happens to, you know, get there in time, chases him off. They get her to the police station, get her home. She's good. But at the stroke of midnight, that's when this body and mind swap occurs. And so when she wakes up, she's in the body of the butcher, and the butcher's in her body. And gotcha. we just oh. go from there. Okay. Yeah. So she's, you know, ah. the butcher's in her house. <laughs> Wakes up and, you know, mom's trying to get her up, eat breakfast and whatnot. And, you know, the butcher never says anything. So he's kind of got, you know, so now she's kind of just, you know, stone faced, not really reacting and, yeah. you know, acting weird. But mom's like, whatever, let's get up, eat breakfast. And then when she wakes up, she's out on the street with some homeless dude asking for drugs, <laughs> you know, and she, she even asked him, like, you know, what do I look like when you see me? Do I look like a girl? And the homeless dude's like, see, you got drugs on you, man. You're tripping. So I need whatever you're taking, you know. Right. Um, of course, this is Vince Vaughn. Now, and um, it was it was interesting seeing him try, kind of playing off as Millie's character. Yeah. And then, you know, they're opposite on the other side. And so they've got his picture out in the news so everybody knows what he looks like so now millie's trying to stay low as possible yeah because you know the face is out and of course they have less than 24 hours now to get this all switched back and so i'll say like when the, when the movie first started it was like straight horror kind of like how scream starts yeah. or you know you have your first kill and then when I first saw Vince Vaughn, uh, it kind of threw me, you know, just kind of like, I know he's in it, but I was like, man, I don't know where it's going to go from here because it starts off pretty strong with this with this intro. And it, the rest of the movie was actually pretty interesting. Like, it was better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be some corny, just dumb movie. But um, there's some pretty brutal, there's at least one really brutal murder in this kill. And then I, I was just like, wow. All right. Um I feel like everybody, as far as their roles, they, they do a pretty decent job. But I will say there are some cringy moments where Vince Vaughn, who's now Millie, is interacting with the guy that she likes and yeah. talking. And it's just some things that happen. I'm like, man, this is like a middle aged man talking to a teenager and they're connecting because, you know, he knows now that this is actually Millie and the body mm -hmm. of the butcher. But it's just weird, just, it's just some cringe moments. Like, you're just like, man, this is, <laughs> as a, a kid, like, I know. <laughs> but, yeah. but, uh, but it, it's entertaining. It, it's not, of course, it's not perfect. It's not the best, but it's, it's an entertaining horror comedy slasher film. And this, yeah, this, I'm... this, 
this body swap happens on Friday the 13th. Just so happens. <laughs> of course. So, <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, that's that's freaky. And it's pretty freaky. Yeah. <laughs> just not was and it was just happened to be on Friday. So yeah. Freaky Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or take on Freaky Friday. Freaky um, Friday without having to say Freaky Friday. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, how do you <laughs> <laughs> how do you do a Freaky Friday movie without saying Freaky Friday? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, that's one of, like, I'd seen some things on it and about how, yeah, it's kind of brutal, but it's entertaining because it's different. It's a different take. And it's Definitely different. nice to, it's always, it, I think any horror movie that has a fresh take on the genre is going to get some, some sort of praise, you know, for being different or, you know, for finally doing something different with the genre. Um, so I like that. Kind of the same we same reason that I like watching Happy Death Day because it's a time we horror movie. And it's the same with, I think either with, producers that did that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, my next movie that I read <laughs> was uh, Another Round, nominated for Best Foreign Language Flick. flick. Well, it's same thing. Film. Whatever. Um, it's out of Denmark. It's from 2020. Hour and 57 minutes long, starring Mads Mikkelsen, which some will know as either Le Chiffre from the uh, Daniel Craig Bond movies and or as uh, Hannibal Lecter in the Hannibal series. Um, or which I forgot which one of the knights he played in the King Arthur movie that Clive Owen did. He's also in that, too. Anyways, he's a very accomplished actor. So basically, there is a theory that man is born with half a. Uh, per mill too little that alcohol in the blood opens the mind to the outside world problems seem smaller and creativity increases so basically you know basically you know after the first glass of wine the conversation lifts the possibilities open up so Mads Mikkelsen's character Martin is a high school teacher um, he feels old and tired his students and their parents want him terminated to increase their average <laughs> that's how bad yeah and <laughs> cure encouraged by the per mill theory martin and his three colleagues all teachers obviously because colleagues uh and friends throw themselves into an experiment to maintain a constant alcohol impact in everyday life uh, if basically if churchill won world war ii in a dense fog of spirits, what could the strong drops do for them and their students? The result is positive in the beginning. However, Martin's class is in a different way, uh, is in a different way now, and the project is being promoted to a real academic study with the collection of results. Slowly but surely, the alcohol makes the four friends and their surroundings loosen up. The results are rising, and they really begin to feel life. As the objects go on in board, uh, the experiment progresses for some and goes off the track for others. It becomes clearer and clearer alcohol can generate great results in world history, but that all daring, but all, uh, that all daring uh, can also have consequences. The film is described as a fun, touching, and thought-provoking drama about friendship, freedom, and alcohol. I was like... I was telling this. I, I was telling my family about this about like watching this. And my brother being a teacher and everything. Yeah. I said, I'm like, how y'all haven't been doing this during the lockdown? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it is an interesting movie. Like I said, in at the beginning of the film, it shows these teenagers, these students, basically just having a big party and having like different like races. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to race around the lake while drinking and basically see who gets there first i'm like so of course i'm like googling legal age uh to drink in denmark because <laughs> i was like because every place has every country's you know laws are different on the uh, acceptable age of con- you know legal age of consumption yeah so uh yeah it's apparently there uh you have to be I believe 17 to drink in a restaurant or a bar, you know, 
or a place like that. However, in public or with within the house, you know, that's there is no set age. So wow, yeah, nice, very interesting. But I was like, yeah. oh, okay. well, that makes more sense. Yeah, but you know, after the whole, I kind of felt weird looking that up on Google. I'm like, legal age. I'm like, no, that, that I need to find a different way to word this because after the whole Matt Gates thing, the last thing I want to be typing in Google is legal age. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was like, knock on the door. How old are you? <laughs> how, you know, legal age to drink in Denmark. I'm like, okay, I'm good there. So, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so that was, uh, and the movie's fun. I mean, it's fun. But it's also kind of sad because you also see what happens to these guys and their families because they're all married except for one, maybe two. Um, And what happens to those that are, you know, that drink, you know, blackout because they increase, they keep checking the levels and they're taking breathalyzer, you know, portable breathalyzers Mm -hmm. to see what their BAC is. And then they, you know, and they're like, all right, well, we need to try more. And so they kind of said so just kind of staying where they're at. They try and see what the where the threshold is more or less before things get out of hand and dial it down. So, yeah, it's like they learn a lesson, but really don't. So it's kind of a like some I guess some learn. Some learn, some don't. Like right. There's you know, as far as like a character arc and development that in that regard. Um, but the performances were good. I mean, they're Mads Mikkelsen was great because he usually is. Um, I, having not watched, I'm trying because I was looking on my list here. Having not watched, um, I don't think any of the other foreign language films yet. I'm trying to, I'm still working my way through them. Um, in the next two weeks, but, uh, yeah, I've only watched one. Another round's the only one I watched. Uh, Collective is on either Hulu or Netflix. I forget a word. On Hulu. So that's the next one. It's best documentary and best foreign language film. <laughs> it's, um, okay. So I'll knock out two birds on that one, watching that one. But, uh, right. yeah. And then lastly, the last one I watched, because I watched, I squeezed another one in yesterday. I watched yeah. on Amazon Prime. I watched the documentary Time, which is in black and white. It's actually really well done. It's probably my, I don't know. I, it was the one I was most interested in watching after, like, once it started. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to watch. I, was, I started watching it, but I didn't get too far into it and I started doing something else and I didn't get a chance to go back to it. Um, another round I was going to watch, but I just wasn't in the mood to read subtitles. So that's was, was one I was going to try to watch this week too, but I just wasn't ready to do that. So I'll probably try to do it this week and then do my two cents on it. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So, uh, came out last year. It's PG 13 hour and 21 minutes long. Starring Fox Rich as herself, she is. Uh, the story follows Fox Rich as she fights for the release of her husband Rob, who is serving a 60-year sentence in prison. The documentary takes place over two decades. It follows her trying to raise her and her six kids. Yeah. And yeah. So it shows her with two. Two kids, probably adolescent age, like eight or ten, and two other kids that are infants, and you know, just shows them growing. You know, her trying to fight to get him released, and also trying to raise them and have a career at the same time. So she's trying to. So it's all those struggles. Shows her doing motivational speeching or speeches, and just trying to. Like trying to do what's best and then raising her kids to, you know, to be good young men, you know, and not fall into any sort of uh, traps that could happen, you know, when you're 
a single parent trying to wait, raise, you know, six kids. Uh, it takes place in New Orleans, Louisiana. It's touching. It's heartbreaking at times. But it's also inspiring because it shows that it shows her son's graduate one graduated from, I want to say, like a nursing school or a program like that healthcare program and shows another one in college, you know, studying political science, you know, wanting to change how policies are made and, you know, and introduce new, new and better policies. And yeah, it's and just growing up to be, you know, uh, these strong, very, uh, very independent young men, you know, and it started out, you know, the film started out as, you know, just being adolescents and talking, to, basically talking about how broken, you know, like the prison system is, and especially in, in, uh, at Angola, which is where Rob was incarcerated at. Apparently they're only allowed, he's only allowed visitation twice a month. And only a limited uh, number of times they can talk on the phone, I guess. So it's, yeah. I mean, what, 24 times a year you get to see your husband, you know, your, that they were able to see him. And if you figure that over 20 years, <laughs> yeah. It's rough. It's rough. It's rough. But, you know, he gets, re- you know, spoiler, he gets released at the end, which not, I think it's in the trailer. And yeah. just the look on his kids' faces when, you know, basically they were surprised, you know, when he came home. Yeah, it's worth it. It's it's definitely I, I loved it. It, it was it was a great film. Um, it, again, it's time. It's on Amazon Prime. I didn't mean to make it rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Let's see here. That's something, though, because 20 years, she stuck by his side, raised kids, kept her career going. Not a lot of situations go that way. It's like, no, oh, you're locked you up. The other I'm done. I'm done. I'm just going to do this, and we can get out, whatever. You know, so it just it's kind of like a true love story, too, because not is. too many people stick by you. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Not at all. All right. Uh, trailers. There's a new Cruella trailer that's out. For anybody who wants to check it. Um, let's see here. Try and think of what else. Our new Black Widow trailer, I think. And oh, Loki's official trailer came out. Okay. And. Uh, trailer for a movie called Those Who Wish Me Dead is Taylor Sheridan's latest movie, starring Angelina Jolie, John Bernthal, Nicholas Holt, Aidan Gillen, uh, Jake Weber, Tyler Perry, and yeah. Uh, so basically, it's about a teenage murder witness finds himself pursued by twin assassins in the Montana wilderness. What's his with a survival expert tasked with protecting him and a forest fire threatening to consume them all. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Release date is May 14th. And... Oh, and a trailer for the Mosquito Coast. It's coming to Apple TV Plus. An idealist uproots his family and moves them to Latin America. Oh, wait, that's a TV show. Never mind. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's already out. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. All right. I guess we just have that one. I really don't have. Oh, The Woman in the Window. I think that was originally going to come out in theaters last year. Uh,. But now I guess they're going to release it on Netflix. An agoraphobic woman living alone in New York begins spying on her new neighbors, only to witness a disturbing act of violence. Starring Amy Adams, uh, Anthony Mackie, 
Wyatt Russell, huh? <laughs> Uh, okay. Gary Oldman, Brian Tyree Henry, Julianne Moore. And we got. We got Falcon and <laughs> Captain America and Lois Lane and Commissioner Gordon. And then Brian. Uh, yeah. So that's that's coming out too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's. That's coming out uh, on Netflix. Looks like uh, directed by Joe Wright coming out on Netflix May 14th. Cool. Basically, it looks like a remake of Rear Window, Hitchcock's Rear Window. So I'll probably watch it just with the twist. So yeah, check it out also. Yep. So that's about it. Uh, just gonna be looking forward to uh, be looking forward to. Uh, this week's Falcon and Winter Soldier, episode number five. Yep, two episodes left. Uh, I hate that already. This one, this one, episode five, is supposed to be 61 minutes. Sure, sure, so sure. So, sure, sure. basically 58 minutes with three minutes of credits, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's going to be the longest, longest one this season. Um I'm really interested to see how they what the, what what happens with this next one. You and me both. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, I fi- I did finish the boys, so I got I got that completed. Both seasons done. Both seasons. See, I'm only on second episode of the second season. I I, I, I told you as soon as soon as soon as the way it started on yeah. season one, I was hey, I'm, I'm I burned. You thought, burned. Huh? Yeah, I was like yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious what the season three is going to be. Because they've got a lot yep. to work with. I'll just yep. say that. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Um, trying to think what comes out this week. I feel like something comes out. Maybe not. And still a couple more weeks before Mortal Kombat. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, next, not this Friday. Next Friday. It's Mortal Kombat. And so I didn't get. So the Baptists were yesterday, but I didn't get a chance to really even look at the winners much less make predictions or anything like that just know i've i'm halfway through well once i print off the winners i'll insert it into my excel spreadsheet and then i will post it on our facebook group page so everybody will have at least who's won in what category for um at least the three award shows I won't have, uh, I'll post it up, but I won't have uh, the the Independent Spirit Award winners, because that's not till the 22nd, which is a week from Thursday, Earth Day. So, yep. Yeah, I only, I only knew, I only heard about two of the winners. Yeah. Um, I know yeah. Nomadland won four. That's about it. Yeah, I think um, Best Actress... And then um, Anthony Hopkins won for actor. Oh, okay. So. Well, yeah, he's British. That makes no more sense. Yeah. 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 So that's <laughs> only two I know. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool, man. Well, this was an interesting episode. And. But also a very packed episode, too, though. We got a lot in. And. Uh, yeah, man, we got two more, two more Sundays, and it'll be Oscar time. So, well, I bought, I already bought my my Oscar packet at Party City. So I've already All got right. the poster ready to go up on the wall. I've already got the medal to go towards the winner, and we'll have to figure something out for our Oscar pool once again. Yeah. No. Uh, our first winner is already ready for her ballot. So. So. You got your Cheryl. Her repeat. We got you, Cheryl. She, I won last year. She yeah. Two peat, so she's no, she's okay. coming back though. For return. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, we'll have all that ready to go here for too long, so everybody can get in on the competition, our yearly Oscar pool competition. So awesome. All right. Well, I guess for myself and my outstanding co-host that's Patrick Terry that's still you (laughs) that's still you (laughs) thank y'all for listening we'll talk to y'all next week
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.